Welcome back to another episode of A Bite of D&D, where we add flavor to your games and campaigns. This is Micah, and sitting across from me is Zach. Heyo. And today we're going to take a look at the Genasi. So, the Genasi are like the race that was, because as we gain more campaign books and padding to the overall legal content, as we get Volos, which has beast playable races and expanded playable races and as we get turtles and different things and optional pdfs we get further and further from the elemental evil source book and we get even further from the player's companion small pdf that came, that was available for that book and right tucked in there is a very interesting, completely, as far as I know, legal in every which way, race called the Genasi. And I think that this is going to have some really interesting data for you to add to your campaign settings or homebrew worlds. Well, you've dug through a lot of the previous editions because they have changed more than I think most other elements to this game have. Uh, across their their lifespan what are some of the more unique things that they have been prior to their current iteration yeah so tell me what when you imagined what a genasi was before today when we sat down and looked at all this what did you imagine them as humanoids with elemental features yeah maybe slightly different skin tones and stuff if you've played Pillars of Eternity, they have like the Godborn or whatever they're called in there where they have like fire hair and stuff yeah. like that. That sort of thing is what I would I would picture as a Genasi. So oddly enough, you got the visual down, and I think that's largely because we've seen numerous iterations of them in books or whatnot. But their history is so diverse, there's hardly any through lines. It's it's really whatever somebody dreamed up at the time. If you go back to AD&D, and I like to go back to these because I think sometimes they have different takes on these races that then I can decide whether or not I want to bring those into my homebrew worlds or into my creatures. So that's why we're going back a little bit is to see if we can't find some nuggets to mine out. So the first one, uh, the first place that you'll see them is in AD&D. Um, they were described as being descendant of mortal and elemental race combinations. Uh, Genasi were a plain-touched race that, that stemmed from humanoids breeding with creatures like sylphs, dao, ifriti, salamanders, sirens, creatures of the elemental planes, but not, obviously, elemental, like a water elemental or something like that. Um, but they were a, a half-and-half combination that's what that's what they were and you could have a half azer half dwarf or you could have a half salamander half whatever you might uh lizard folk sure we'll go with that and you, you, the possibilities were endless third edition said whoa 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 let's slow down here it needs to make sense but then they kind of didn't quite commit to that as much as I would. So like dwarf, so like with earth elementals, they had to be ha either half dwarf or half gnome along with that elemental lineage, which makes sense and I like, and it gives you like this the most dwarfy dwarf that's ever dwarfed. Instead of, of having a normal beard, it's made of stone and exactly. rubble. 
that that to me is like, oh, that's interesting. They couldn't quite, I don't know if they just got really excited about that or what, but instead of really honing in on that and saying like, these are the combinations that, you know, are expected. First off, they added lightning as an element, which I think is reasonable. There's a lightning damage, so it makes sense. But then they went out and they said, oh, well, there's also when you like combine two, you get another one. So they said earth, air, fire, water, and then you combine them to get dust, ice, magma, ooze, smoke, and steam. Which we had a conversation on this before we started, but why did they have to go with ooze? Yeah. Well, the others all make sense. Like, were you really that embarrassed of a mud elemental yeah. that it had to be ooze? Yeah, ooze is, ooze is odd. But, it, you know, I like, as much as I don't like that they didn't hone on that one aspect and they went wider with this, I do like these other types because they give me some ideas for what an elemental can look like in 5th edition even. And then, so so I'm like, okay, fair enough. And then they went even further. Um, so that was from Dragon Magazine 297. Later on, they went even further and made these dread elementals, which are kind of like the dire version of an evil elemental. So you've got like, or an evil genasi. So it'd be like, earth becomes grave and air becomes mist, and water becomes blood, stuff like that. Fire, I think, was the weakest thematically with pyre. It's already evil. It's fire. Why do you like, I, I, I get pyre is more to do with, like, because when the mist rolls in, it's yeah. spooky. You can't see what's yeah. going on. Grave is clearly yeah. uh, death there. Blood is self-explanatory. But pyre, I feel like thematically feels weak. I think it's supposed to be going for, like, human sacrifice sort of thing, burning you witches, know, uh, yeah. stuff like that. But still cool concepts where you can have these more powerful, evil yeah. versions. So that's kind of interesting. And then if we kind of step over into 4th edition, we're getting really closer. We're starting to get closer now to what we envision them as. I think, actually, probably this is as close as you're going to get to what people think of them as. You have them as elemental manifestations and you have earth souls fire souls storm souls water souls or wind souls so five elements tackle and soul basically that it is what you visually expect from fifth edition except that they also allow for an elemental tempest which is a genasi who has multiple elements in their whole persons and this was different than in three where they had like the dust the ice the yeah, magnets. it wasn't combined smoothly. It was like maybe half of you was a fire, looked like a fire genasi, and half of you looked like a water genasi. The other one was like a mixture of the two became a new thing. At least that's that's my understanding of it. Fourth, um, also in, in Dragon Magazine, decided they needed some varieties too. So they have twisted versions. Um, you have caustic, cinder, plague, and void. Um, lightning doesn't get one. Those are the other, the other four, which again they're kind of interesting. Corrupted Genasi, uh, which implies that Genasi, in their neutral state, are neutral or good, and that they that if they have these corrupted sides as well. And then in Dark Sun, still in Dragon Magazine three ninety six, they had some different manifestations: Ember, Magma, Sand, and Sun, just to give you a more dark sunny vibe too to your uh, genasi, which I think is cool. So all of that, you know, when you take a look at the breadth of the last 
uh, previous three editions, there's a lot of, I think, great little pieces, and I'm like, ooh, I think, like, we talk about the ooze being a weird name for it, but, like, I like that idea of having these guys roaming around in a swamp. Could be fun. And I like, like, the the dread manifestations. I like the idea of having a lightning one. Like, there's some... Well, and I do think there are certain areas where the, the standard four don't feel like they belong that well. Like, in a desert, yeah, you could say there's an air or an earth there, but neither one of those really feel like they fit right. that element where dust would work 100%. perfectly. Yeah, yeah. So I, I like how they have those additional settings just because depending on where you're at, I think it more makes more sense than the kind of smaller scope that we have right now. And one of the things that you can take away from this is if you're doing your homebrew world is if you have a player who says they want to play a Genasi and you're playing in a starting zone that is desert, that's where you can, now you can maybe have the idea of saying, oh, I'll, I'll do a dust. And I'll just combine abilities from the two others, you know, from air and and earth, and kind of combine them to give and give them something that kind of fits that. And I think you can do that. Let's talk a little bit about what a Genasi actually is in fifth edition, though, because it's it's even again completely different. It's a little bit more streamlined. They're very similar to the episode we did not so long ago with the half dragons, right. and that instead of coming from just being around these other planes, these other sources of planar magic, or other elemental creatures. It's specifically the the genies is what it looks like. Yeah, they're half genies. And I mean, there's there's an exception made for like, well, maybe like, they're not half, but maybe there was a genie down the line. Or maybe they live next to a volcano and once every hundred generations a gnome becomes a genasi. And then the other thing that can happen is Genasi do breed Genasi, so they're not sterile. It can, yeah. it can pass on that way, but it's far more common for for it to ring true for it to be a genie that was kind of the progenitor there. Yeah, and I think that that helps kind of give it like, a, oh, okay, this makes sense. The other thing that it does is allow us to kind of, just like with the half-dragon, say, oh, we can apply this as a template if we want to. And make all sorts of things. Half half genie, half genie dragons. Half genie, half dragon. You know, you can do whatever you want. And maybe we'll talk to talk about that in a minute. Um, but when you're coming, you got to come back to with the race. You're dealing with races. You don't want to tweak it too much, or you're going to create something that's overpowered or underpowered compared to the rest of the races as a whole. So let's talk about the four races that are already here. Sub-races. Well, and this is where I feel like there might have been a little bit of favoritism thrown around towards fire and water. As a whole, it just looks like they're quite a bit more useful than the other two. Absolutely. So all of them get right out the gate a plus two to con, and then depending on which one they get, they get the plus one to dex or strength or wisdom or intelligence, whichever one you are. But air and earth both get two abilities. Basically, they get a mildly handy use any time ability and then they get a spell typically it's i think it's first level that they can cast once per day um, earth is merge with stone which is like pass without a trace and air is levitate and those are fine like i look at those and i say hey that's a little bit of flavor you've got like the you can 
hold your breath for forever with air and you've got the no difficult terrain on earth or rock with earth and you're like this seems like a reasonable step forward and the, the, i don't think they're weak traits for these races i think they're pretty good but then we go down to to fire and water now we go from from two abilities to with fire we get three and with water we get four and i would argue all of them are far far more common fire especially far more common far more regularly useful i think water has some very key instances where it just shines above all others yeah and i think fire just has general utility that you can always benefit from yeah first off fire gets dark vision fire resistance you know exactly what both of those do because you would use them all the time like those are so handy fireball yeah resistance cool classic spell that you don't have to worry about nearly as much just another race that is one too many races with dark vision yeah. feels like almost everything in in 5e has access to it yeah it's 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 the it's the normality as opposed to in other editions maybe the abnormality but so then they also get uh, an ability called reach to the blaze which allows you to have the cantrip produce flame handy that's that's handy and then burning hands once per day oh at third level as if that is going to matter that much in balancing this with earth or air you yeah know, it, it doesn't it doesn't quite do that and honestly both most campaigns are going to start at third level or they're going to get there within a few sessions so that's not uh that's not going to be something that holds people back for very long yeah and and just in general all of those things are more useful more often than the other two races water gets a resistance that won't come up as often so it's more of a ribbon resistance than anything else but it can come into play they get a resistance it's acid resistance and we were discussing why we think amphibious is better than the air's unending breath in most cases yeah so water so air gets unending breath which just lets you hold your breath for forever so that's great you go underwater you don't have to worry about it here's the downside you're not going to be casting any spells you're not going to be communicating any plans. Nothing. D- despite the fact you don't need to breathe, in order to speak, you're still breathing, yeah. which means they will begin to drown if they inhale the water. Just because they don't need to breathe doesn't mean yeah. they won't drown with water in their 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 lungs. Right. Uh, and I guess like... And maybe you could argue that's not the case and water in their lungs wouldn't affect them, but then how are they going to properly form the words when it's yeah. just... Yeah, but with the amphibious on the water genasi side... Amphibious allows you to breathe air and water. And to me, that is such an obvious benefit. And and again, maybe this is because this is buried in some long forgotten player's companion that that it didn't they didn't feel like they needed to like hone these out as much. But it's like so clearly better. Yeah. And then they also, on top of all that, they get the spells which we, we don't really need to get into necessarily, but then they also get a swim speed. Which, again, yes, in certain, and a lot of the time, you're going to be just fine. But guess what? Now this character never has to worry about water. Again, not that, not that they just are going to breathe water, but they can also just, they have a swim speed. They're never going to have to make any checks to move through it. It's, it's one less thing that they have to deal with. Yeah, the overall convenience is just much higher with these two. And again, I don't think what Air and Earth get are 
bad, but when you compare it to how much more frequently you benefit from fire and water, I just think it's a little bit skewed. Yeah, and I, I've personally played Genasi. I have had players that have played them, and I have never seen anyone that didn't come up to me and say, well, I considered this. I considered playing air, and then it just was, there's too many other abilities from water for me, and I, I'm making this character whole cloth, so I can flavor it whichever way, and it'll still work great. The only thing I can think of, and even then it doesn't really work, really the, the weakest ability score increase on there is the intelligence, Yeah. Uh, as far as saves and stuff go. I, I don't think you can say that Air and Earth had their other abilities trimmed because Strength and Dex are too powerful of an ability. Because I think Wisdom is one of your your, oh, yeah. your top saves and your top ability scores as well. And they get, I think, much better overall things. So main nitpick there, um, I don't feel like... Because everyone, to an extent, or at least I do, I like to optimize. I want to roleplay, but it's hard for me to pick the worst option yeah. just for the sake of doing it. I'd rather come up with a different backstory that allows me to incorporate the things that I won't feel handicapped yeah. playing. And I, to be clear, we're not bashing the Genasi as a race. We're, in fact, I think that you could you could do a lot worse than any of these. I, and yeah, I don't think any of their abilities are bad. I think they're overall fun. I just think it's hard to justify air and earth unless you have very specific role play reasons for picking them which is important and is a commendable reason for picking them but if you're just going for abilities and what works well with different classes i think fire and water just overall always more useful yep so let's talk let's let's so we said we were going to maybe talk about some odd combinations or some ways to apply this genasi template to other things so just lightly skimming with a huge line of caution let's talk about genasi as pcs in ways that aren't half genie half human well i think my favorite we already kind of hit on uh and i'm i'm beating a dead horse a little bit at this point but i love the earth dwarf combo for a genasi you don't have to do anything to change the stats if you don't want to you can keep the exact earth genasi template and then flavor wise you're a dwarf with a rock beard and uh, a, a sturdy uh, and reliable temperament, and he's all about being a dwarf. Yeah. And and he, he is the truest form that you can be yeah. for, for that dwarf. Yeah, and I think that gnomes with fire are almost as easy of a yep. jump. And elves with air are arguably almost as easy. Well, because air genasi are often seen as aloof or kind of standoffish. And I think elven culture as a whole, especially with the the high elves, I forget what wizards calls their high elves. uh, uh, I'm going to butcher it if I I, I try and say it. But uh, the the kind of aloof, more noble, I guess, aspects, they distance themselves. The Eladrin, yeah. Yeah, there we go. I think, again, that works really well within that element and how it describes them. Now, there is the other option, and this is something that if I was going, if this was going to be an option, if you wanted to allow it to be an option in your campaign world, I would preface it, regulate it, and also, in some ways, find ways to encourage it. And that's the idea of like taking two things that don't belong together 
and trying to see what interesting combinations you can get out of a race elemental genasi combination you know like i'm looking at a couple here that i think would be bizarre like an air genasi with a drow like okay explain that to me and you could even i think with something like that you would have to tweak a, a race a little bit more that's something that the dm should be doing with player involvement not necessarily a player bringing it to a dm but something like that or like an earth genasi with an aracrocra like how in the world does why? that one happen right yeah but but that can be interesting in the right campaign campaign world or in a one shot or something well and i think depending on how you do it just brainstorming and vomiting out words here uh say you pick a lighter mineral that could be used and instead of having heavy rock maybe the aracocra replaces its feathers with this light almost scaly like mineral that it can still use to to catch the the airwaves and stuff instead of having nests or things maybe they have caverns that they build into the side of these cliff faces and stuff and you have this interesting culture built up around it yeah you definitely want to be super careful if you have this idea i'd say if you have this idea as a player take it to your dm but expect a no and be okay with a no because that's a that's a wide diversion that seems really odd but it might work I think one of my favorites on there that is very reasonable to work in is a water genasi from a desert kingdom. Mm-hmm. And and I think how you work that in is oasises can make or break yeah. a, a desert culture. And there's been such a reverence for this particular spring that it manifests either its own kind of overwatching, not, not deity, but a, a genie or some sort of magical culmination because of all the 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 prayers the worship and stuff that goes on around it and eventually because of the that energy coming off there similar to the volcano uh with like the the dwarves or the gnomes or once every hundred years if fire genasi is born they have a water genasi that they view as the spirit of the oasis the embodiment of their their lifeblood for their desert town um and i think that fits better in with an npc than as a player because even if they wanted to adventure i don't think they would want to let them leave almost like a prisoner of their environment just because of what they are yeah and as far as npcs go i recommend going hog wild as far as this i like genasi just the plain genasi from the book just fine as a playable race i am not interested in as a npc by themselves as that is what it fascinates me there is is doing that that weird mashing or or <laughs> allowing me to get away with certain things and using this as a as an excuse. So if I want orcs that are amphibious and that makes them like great pirates, then I say, oh, they're half water genasi, so that's that now they now they can do that, and all of a sudden I have a in-game excuse to make something cool. And I understand that by raw, this isn't necessarily something that happens or is able to happen, but that's not why we do this. And in custom games, who cares? You're not in a pre-made setting. Mix and mash, I mean, how do you think they came up with 90% of the monsters in the monster book? They took two, two or more animals from the wild, put them in a blender, and they're like, what happens when we do this? Yeah. And also, like... You know, it says, oh, it's a, a, a genie getting together with a human. Okay, well, that could be it. 
that doesn't matter. Like it's it's 2018. Yeah, guys yeah. and gals, love is love. Yeah, I also like the idea of. I mean, kobolds are such like wannabe dragons, anyways. I love the idea of like a fire genasi kobold with fire resistance, but then also um, instead of burning hands, it's it's burning mouths, and yeah, it's like a little tiny breath weapon that they can get once per day. I think that would be fun. Um, so there's there's a lot of just like if you start saying, okay, what can I do with these elemental attributes and tack them onto monsters or races as an as a d as a DM, what can I do there? I think there's a lot of fun to be had. I do too. Well, I think that's all I've got. Do you have anything you want to close with, Zach? Yeah, I just want to kind of let you guys know that our next episodes are going to be targeted on uh, the Tome of Foes that's going to be coming out. We're going to try to get together. We're both going to have the book. We're going to read through it. We're going to bring come out with a few episodes that they're going to be flavored a lot like this, I think, and that we're going to pick different aspects and pour over them. But hopefully you find them... Super beneficial in A, deciding if you want to buy the book or not, if it has pieces in there that you would find interesting. And then B, for those of you that have bought the book, you're going to want, I think, I would want discussion about it and like, ooh, what do you, what do what people think about this? What is... Where do you see this thing's role within your world? Exactly. And so our hope is to get together and release several episodes over the next few weeks, really pouring over this book. Um, in, at least in certain areas of it. And I think we'll probably have to do a couple different formats where we would just discuss maybe our favorite things that we found out of it and then do a deep dive in some of the others. There's going to be a lot going on. We've never done, really sat down and done a book before in this format because most things have been out when we started. So we're just kind of going over what we think are is interesting or maybe played or used less right and i what i can promise you is we're not going to be there's plenty of great podcasts and sites out there that are going to do a full book review sit down page to page cover to cover or you know just give their overall ideas for the whole thing over two hours we're a bite of D. &D. it's going to be piecemeal you're still going to get to catch it they may be a slightly longer we might do one of our longer format maybe get a third person on here to discuss the book with and just talk our way through a session with no real direction just kind of pour over and gush about our favorite parts but as a whole what you know and what you've got from us in the past is what you should be getting from us on yep. the, the yep. book so just look forward to that in the next few weeks so all right well we will catch you guys later thanks for joining us all right later